0: different types of people invest in different types of properties. And sometimes people say, a particular property deal doesn't work. Are they right? I don't think so. I think most property deals in fact, all property deals work. And I'm going to share in this video why I think that's the case. Welcome Are there any properties that you should never invest in? Are all properties good to invest in? The answer is quite simple and it's a bit like sitting on the fence. It's yes and no because mainly it depends. Remember, don't be desperate to do a deal because if you want to do a deal badly enough, you'll end up doing a bad deal and that's not good for you. Now, some people will tell you never invest in this kind of property because it doesn't work or don't invest in that kind of property, it doesn't work. And they're usually sharing their own experience with you because they've done a deal which didn't quite work for them. But just because they couldn't make it work, it doesn't mean you won't be able to make it work because you'll have a different set of experiences, which may mean you are the right type of person to make that deal work. Now, it's not the properties or the deals per se that matter. It really depends on your experience, expertise, and the people that you have have around you who can assist you in making a deal happen. Because somebody may spot an opportunity that others may not, where they can make a deal work. And I've seen that so many times where deals have come in front of me and people said, this doesn't quite work. And I've looked, looked at it and talked to one or two other people and we found solutions for how the deal works. Now, one classic investment pitfall is for a new investor to buy a property because it appears to be a bargain. Uh, there's a discount on it and they've acquired the property. And then they start thinking about uh, how much rent they're going to get for the property uh, and start thinking about the type of tenants that they're going to attract and uh, whether the investment works for them or not. And that's, then they realize it's in the wrong area or it's the wrong type of property. Well, that's the wrong time to be thinking about those things. You should be thinking about them beforehand. Uh, Now, this property may be difficult to let out. Uh, It may be a bad deal. It may cost a lot to refurbish or redevelop uh, or improve. Uh, But again, like I said, you need to think about those things in advance. Now, once in a while, you may find an investment property which is an absolute gem, which is in not such a good location, but you can make the most of it. Uh, And you might be thinking that uh, the location doesn't work, but the property works and you can make it look really good and you can add value to it. Uh, In which case I usually say is, if you can make it work, then do the deal. The area is important, but sometimes if there's added value in terms of extending the property or breaking it up into different uh, sections, then it's worth considering. Uh, And I think too many landlords have been suckered into buying discounted properties or below market value properties, uh, which don't appear to be so or have other problems that didn't appear to be uh, there when they bought a property. Now, if a landlord is contemplating buying a property with a discount, uh, ensure that it's a genuine discount, check out the market price, uh, make sure that the price isn't overinflated, make sure that you understand uh, what works required on that property, because if it's too good to be true, generally speaking in life, it probably isn't true. Uh, And uh, you wanna avoid properties which are a money pit which require a lot of work, where you might end up spending tens of thousands more than you initially planned, and ends uh, up taking you longer than you thought it would do. You run out of cash, or the the deal just doesn't stack up, and you can't refinance it, and then you'll be in a much deeper hole. And you really want to avoid that. Uh, so, as landlords and investors, we've got to make sure uh, that we're prudent, we're sensible, uh, we work with. Professionals, we have a contingency in place, uh, and that we know exactly what we're going into with our eyes open. Of course, there's going to be swings and roundabouts and surprises and things that you haven't thought of, uh, but they should be few and far between, and it shouldn't be a regular occurrence or a regular thing that happens to you. And you don't invest just to be an investor, you invest because you want to make sure you get a return, you provide fantastic uh, properties for your tenants. Uh, And that it's a good investment for you because at the end of the day, it is a business. It has to stack up. The numbers have to add up. It has to work for you and your tenants. uh, And those things are extremely important. And remember also, it's about your head and not your heart. Uh, So make sure everything works up there. And don't just use your heart and just go for a property just because you like it you've got to think about your uh, tenant in mind because they're the ones who are gonna make the property their home. And also, draw up a tight budget and stick to it. And if you don't have that experience, then obviously work with a quantity surveyor or with a, uh, depending on the size of the property, uh, a building contractor, so they can talk you through what the costs are, have your uh, sufficient amount of contingency in there, and make sure you've got access access to the cash flow. Uh, So if you need the cash, it's available to you because the last thing you want to be doing is run out of cash, then you gotta go and try and borrow more cash from family, friends, banks, uh, bridging companies, elsewhere, and soon the, a deal that's stacked up all of a sudden doesn't stack up and it costs you way more than you thought it would do and it becomes a total nightmare. I've seen that way too many times uh, when people have talked to me about some of the horror stories and I want to make sure you avoid that. So at all times, be prudent, be sensible, Uh, and don't just think of the upside always think of the downside too and it's important that you've got that balance now there are some things that you've got to remember about property it is illiquid so you can't just quickly sell it like that it takes time for you to get hold of that particular cash it's not like stocks and shares uh, which you can sell pretty quickly property takes time to sell Uh, so it's not therefore it's not as liquid as it ought to be, so if you fall into trouble and you need to sell a property to fund another property, which I've seen people do as well, by the way, remember, it's not gonna be so easy. And if there's a downturn in the marketplace and a property that you're trying to sell or refinance doesn't value you up, it's gonna make it even harder for you. So keep that in mind as well, because that's extremely important. Uh, now, the property market isn't only illiquid, it's also opaque. Uh, In the case of stocks, bonds, shares, and other securities, the listed prices are the exact same thing as the transaction price, obviously less any cost that you incur. Uh, And in the case of property, and I'm sure you already know this, the listed price is going to be very different to the transaction rate because you're obviously going to negotiate and you end up usually paying less for it than what the market price or the advertised price was. At the moment, that doesn't hold true, by the way, because right now I'm seeing properties being sold for asking price and above asking price. Uh, and some are going well above asking price. So just bear that in mind. Then obviously you've got the transaction costs. That property has a higher transaction cost than most other things. Uh, and it obviously takes a lot longer, generally speaking, uh, in terms of the hoops you have to jump through. And you've got things like stamp duty, uh, land tax, you've got survey cost evaluations, Uh, if you're using a broker, broker's cost, legal fees, and all of these things, arrangement fees. uh, If you have a a loan, all of these things obviously uh, cost money. On top of that, uh, if if it's a to let property or even if it's your own property, you need to put down a deposit. So there's a lot of cash that you need to make sure you account for. The next one is leverage, uh, which is one of my favorite words. And lad, I think as the landlord, you must avoid over leveraging your portfolio. That's incredibly important. And many landlords in recent years uh, have looked to borrow the absolute maximum to obviously fund future purchases and uh, the belief that properties will keep going up in value again and again and again and again. And when, when the tide is going well, it's in your favor. Uh, we all think like that, but I think you've got to be sensible. You've got to have your parameters don't leave yourself overexposed. Coming back to the point I made earlier is think about the dying downside and make sure you're comfortable with it. And I think you must avoid over uh, because in the long term, that's not really gonna help you. Uh, and you might get to a stage if interest rates increase uh, and then you're looking to refinance. Uh, you can't refinance because you're over leveraged and when you last refinanced, uh, the property prices are lower. So the loan to value now doesn't add up. So for example, uh, you refinanced a property for 300,000 pounds and you got 75% of of those funds. Uh, two years later, property market crashes. That property is now worth, let's say 250,000 pounds. You want to borrow obviously enough to pay for the initial 75%, but you can't do because 75% of 250,000 pounds is less than 75% of 300 grand. So you'll have to put some money in from your own pocket to make sure you can refinance and that's gonna cause you major problems. One property you might be able to handle. If you've got five, 10, 15, 20 or more, it's gonna be very, very difficult. Now it's important if the numbers stack up and it's a good deal, then generally speaking, as a rule of thumb, it's a good investment. However, if the numbers don't add up, uh, then it doesn't matter how nice you think the property is, how good the location is, I'll say stay away from it because you've gotta be prudent and sensible, work with your head, and not your heart as I've stated earlier. Now something else to bear in mind though is that just because a deal doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean that it won't work for anybody else. Uh, So you just move on and find the next best deal. And if you have a good network of people uh, who can make deals work, uh, then you can share that with your network and get them to have a look at the deal. And if they can make it work, give it to them because next time they have a deal that doesn't work for them, they might share it with you and it might work for you. So it's, again, looking after each other and making sure that uh, you're helping others the best that you can. And in fairness, property investors are really good at helping other people. uh, So that should come naturally to you. So is there such a thing as a bad property or a bad property deal? I don't think so, uh, because different deals work for different people Uh, in the world of business. We have certain cases which we call problem cases or or problem businesses. And you have... uh, problem solvers and troubleshooters who can go in there and fix those businesses and the same applies to property. Uh, But you have to know your parameters in terms of what you're good at. Are you good at flips? Are you good at single lets? Are you good at commercial conversions, service accommodation? As long as you have your own parameters and own boundaries and your own criteria and you stick to that, don't go out of that unless you're looking to reinvent yourself or you've got the experience, expertise or support to do so. I think you're going to be okay. Have your boundaries, stick to them